UK Motor Dog, Michael Gates and James Baxter. Hello and welcome along to our first podcast of 2019. Yes. Happy New Year to you. Uh, yeah, indeed. Uh, it got a bit late to start saying things like that, I think. We're kind of over that now, aren't we, really? We're still writing the wrong date. It depends. It depends how long it's been since you've seen something. If you saw them last year, you say Happy New Year. Do you? Yeah. There's lots of people I haven't seen since summer of last year. That's fair enough. Yeah. It means you probably just don't like them. Yeah. Or you're or, busy. Or they or don't, don't like do. me, of course. That's also possible. Well, yeah, it could be that. could be yeah. that. So, well, what did you get for, for Christmas? I got a chest infection. I got some aftershave and some socks. And that suited me. That was very good. I'm at, I'm at that age where... You after, predicted that as well. Aftershave and that. socks is, uh, is brilliant. Yeah. I've got a few other bits. I've got a Segway or Segway ride, however you pronounce it. The, the recipe, the recipe for a broken face. Yeah, I've yet to go and do that. But I really want to come see you fall off a bit. I'd like to see you fall off one as well. Actually, it is for two. The wife bought it for me. But I'm, I th- I think I'm the, not going on it with I you. I think the idea was I took her rather than you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although uh, we do have to go on a romantic meeting. Uh, I say romantic meeting. That sounds terrible. Um, we are going away for a business meeting. On the 14th of February, who in their right mind decided that was a good idea? Uh, but also we'll be spending the night away before in a hotel on the 13th of February, which happens to be mine and my wife's anniversary. So I'm spending my anniversary evening in a hotel with you. I can't think of anything worse. No. Really? I really Se- can't. Separate rooms, I hasten to add. But... Yeah. Well, what's happened? It's been Christmas. I've been catastrophically ill. Apart from that, there's been a host of things that have happened. And I want to start, just completely off the bat, with the BMW 7 Series. Good God. Right, I assume it... But yes. What, one word, nostril. Actually, they, nostril they is are too. ridiculous. They are insane. It's, it's almost like with the, the growing electrification of cars that don't need grills, so yes. they don't have them. It's almost like BMW have a, a grill quota. Yes. That, that they must fulfil in order to meet EU regulations. Yes. So that the grill is just, it's doubled in size compared to the last one. It's I, insane. I think that something's happened, and basically someone's completely misunderstood how perspective works. Yes. And um, basically the the front of the car is wherever you are is just the biggest bit, and it's a bit like that bit from Father Ted, you know, the small far away thing. It doesn't matter where you are, this is... I mean, it's just ridiculous. I mean, we've just loaded up a picture of it here. Just look at it. I mean, oh, my God. It is It is absolutely insane. So much so, it's, it's almost like the, the front number plate is a complete afterthought. There's enough... Yes. The whole front profile of the car yeah. is grill, yes. a number plate, yes. and the, uh, what I presume are the... I mean... The radar sensors for the self-driving crews, if, this, that, the other, and... and um, minuscule amount of colour-coded bodywork underneath that. It's insane. It's a parody of a BMW rather than a BMW itself. The, the grill is sort of Rolls-Royce big. In fact, I don't even think a Rolls-Royce grill is that big. No. But there's something I about... I don't think a Rolls-Royce yeah. is as big as the grill on that car. There's something about it that's almost a bit like the pigs from Angry Birds. Yes. And the number plate underneath looks like a very squared-off edged moustache, and I'm not sure that's a good look. Yeah, it just is. It, it didn't work in the 40s. It doesn't work now. It's all wrong. It's all wrong. But the, I think the fact that the the grill is as big, if not bigger, than the X Seven. Mm. I mean, it's it's just stupid. And the X Seven is a taller car at the front end than the Seven yeah. Series by quite a bit. The yeah. fact that the grill is the same size is insane. And actually, I quite like a Seven Series. I I like the 
slightly understated nature of the thing. I mean, no, it's massive. It's, it sounds silly to perhaps say understated, but it doesn't look like that. Which is fine if you are the kind of person that says you're getting all up in my grill. It, it just gets what Every time you look at it, I'm just looking at a, picture, a, a real life picture of it as opposed to the one of the oh, studio God. press images. It, it's odd. It just looks very surprised. It looks almost itself. like someone's taken a photo of it nose on with a fisheye lens. Yes. Because it, it is massive in the middle and not right round the outside. Although that said, people really complained when the Dame Edna 5 series came out, didn't they? See, I like that. I, I do. Al- I always like that. I, can't, I did too. But I think it's aged really nicely. Very nicely. I think, yeah, Chris, Chris Bangle, although he was a, Bangle, bit, that was a bit slated at the time. Yeah. The forums are just full of, bring him back, bring him back, please, please, for the love of God, bring him back. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I'm not sure whether this will age with time, or whether possibly a whole family of birds will decide to build a nest in the grill or something instead, because it is ridiculous. Can you imagine how much the part costs if you smash it, and you inevitably will? Yes. Or someone else will. Probably, yeah. Or the other, the other thing is, do we think that they kind of want to allude to the fact that actually the underpinnings are going to be a Rolls Royce? Or are the underpinnings of a Rolls Royce a BMW? Well, they are. Yeah, absolutely are. So does that, does that cheapen one brand, or does it try and hmm. elevate the other brand? I want to know whether it's okay to have a hybrid Rolls Royce. Yes, of course it is. Do you think it is? Yes. Do you think envi- rich environmentals, environmentalists, sorry, there's a difference, would be really keen on having? I know, but the, the environmental factor is completely irrelevant. Mm-hmm. Because actually the fuel consumption of a car, in the grand scheme of things, is completely and utterly irrelevant when it comes to global warming. I think it's pretty relevant anyway, because actually, if you pay some money, buy yourself a quarter of a million, 400,000, 500,000 pound car, because let's face it, Rolls-Royce, and they are brilliant, and you can spec them however you like, and arguably the finest motor car out there. There's lots of fine motor cars out there, but fantastic car, and built down the road. Do you really care, is the first thing. Do you want people just to see you looking environmentally interested? I mean, I, I, the thing that really interests me is when you get a car, put some fuel into it, it makes a fantastic noise out the back end of it, because that's important, turning fuel and money into noise and music, and just propels you down the road to speed. We know from your 330E, I got it right this time, Correct. 330E, that actually you can have a huge amount of torque and it does propel you down the road a bit slingshot fashion well yeah it was odd I think you were quite surprised by the the pace of mine compared to your Focus RS because yes. really up until uh, what's the speed limit 10% plus a mile an hour so up until 78 miles an hour on a runway it was uh, it was even Stevens then we turned off onto the runway and then up to at speeds over 78 plus a little bit miles an hour yep it just started to pull away, yes. but it took a long time to, to peg it back, didn't it? I, I thought that the Focus would absolutely smash it. And I think actually if it was a standing start rather than a rolling start, it probably would. And that's So you know it wouldn't because the RS all-wheel drive, if you got a great launch or launch control with it, yes. then possibly. Four-wheel drive, that's the thing. It can bog down quite easily. Hmm. Uh, but the the advantage that electric gives you is the low down torque. So yes. where we were both waiting for turbos to spool up and really get into their stride, mm. I had a eighteen ninety brake horsepower electric motor to fill the gap. You had a four cylinder leaky head gasket, probably slightly down uh, on power. Yes, 
yeah. to fill the gap. So that's that's where the difference came from. But the uh, to have a, a hybrid or or indeed a, a fully electric Rolls Royce, nothing wrong with that at all. As I say, if you added up the total fuel consumption of every Rolls Royce driven in the UK, mm. it would be minuscule compared to the fuel consumption of every bus, every Ford Fiesta, mm. one aeroplane, etc. So the the fuel economy of a Rolls-Royce doesn't matter. You can afford it, and it's such a, a drop in the ocean compared to the UK's fuel usage. But what it does give you is refinement, silence, and effortless power. Yes. And that is what you want out of a Rolls-Royce. And a pot in Thunderbirds. Yes, that's yeah. true. But you don't, you don't want noise. You don't want raucousness in a Rolls-Royce. You want it to be, uh, if you've driven, um, uh, particularly with heavy cars, you notice it. If you drive the higher powered engine in the range mm. that can feel much more relaxing and much smoother and quieter and better than the yes. lower powered base model because you have to work it hard well there's i think with the rolls they are wafty rather than raughty mm. um and actually i guess i can see your argument here because you don't really hear anything inside one of those and you no. don't really feel anything and either. you don't want to it's a cosseted comfortable little cotton wool world where you can and let's face it there is no other car that says I can afford it more than yeah, a Rolls Royce exactly so yeah. hybrid Rolls Royce perfect yeah. Bentley as well another another thing with Bentleys we know that old Bentleys sound great they do sound great if you go back to sort of like the Bentley boys and the, the sort of the blur Bentleys they sound phenomenal but then I think old cars sound better anyway. Morris Minor drove past earlier, and I thought, well, what's that? Oh. Yeah, they, they generally always do. But the Character. Overall, I suppose people's feedback have said they want the car to be quieter because they associate a, a quieter car with being more refined or more expensive, mm. and that's what people want. So, as we say, a Rolls-Royce is as whisper-quiet as possible when you're being driven around in it, or indeed driving it. Mm. So, does quietness square with, with the... The cost of a car, hmm. the expensiveness of the car. Now, they've made a 4x4, four four, well, I say 4x4, four four, an SUV. And mm. by the way, an SUV, I mean a jacked up something. Mm. But, yeah. And, it, and it's, you've got the Bentley Bentayga, and we, we obviously know someone who has one of those, so we'll be very careful to say what we say about <laughs> it. Um, and I, I, I do think that Peter loves that thing, but I'm not sure that sits right. In my mind, a Rolls Royce or Bentley or anything like that, I mean, similar as they look, you could argue, are a three box shape, regardless of whether they're a drop head with the roof up, obviously, because with the roof down, it's not really, it's just one long shape, and then it's got boat, fantastic. Um, or whether it's, you know, something being chauffeured around or whatever, it, it doesn't look quite right. They do look good as a shooting brake, though, I have to say, if they're converted. They do, and then you've got the uh, Aston Martin uh, bringing out an SUV, Lamborghini, you've got the. <sighs> Urus, Uranus, Anus, Urin. No, Urea. No, it is a Urus. You're right. Yes, it was Urus. Right. Uh, but actually, we um, we thought we were pretty much level pegging with one coming back from somewhere, weren't yes. we? And uh, actually, looking at the inside, that looked like a very pleasant space to to spend time. If you're going to float up and down the motorways, take the family away. Well, you can't do that in a normal or a traditional, not that Lamborghinis are normal, but you can't do that in a traditional Lamborghini. Mm. So why not have a vehicle like that for when you want to drive a Lamborghini with the family in it? And I think the Cayenne was the first, really, of that sort of breed, wasn't it? That's a pepper, isn't it? Yes, yes. yes. 
Um, the and they are, let's face it, not residually strong. No, I think that's probably because of the horrific repair bills. On yes, them. but you can you can buy a nice one for under ten. You can buy a ropey one for under two grand. That's I'm not sure why you want to. Hashtag you're just, you're, just, you're just buying liability at that stage, aren't you? A full full bore both barrels liability. But in my mind, when I think these this Porsche is going to be a classic, I think nine eleven GT three RS or something. Yeah, nice or the Singer ones, which were already a classic before they start. I don't think, hmm, I fancy a car that looks like a pig. No, I don't think it would be the same, but I was chatting to the boss of an Aston Martin dealership just before Christmas, and, and I expressed my slight concern that Aston Martin were bringing out an SUV, and, and he said, yeah, although it's, it's not their traditional hunting ground, etc., what it does do is it, it opens up a new market for them, particularly as they do, as many of their customers love their Aston Martin to pieces, love the brand, but wanted to be able to drive an Aston Martin all the time and your, your DPS, your Vantage, etc. is not ideal for taking the wife and the kids and some luggage away for the weekend on a road trip, etc. Whereas the SUV is. We then had the conversation whether it would be better as a shooting brake or an estate car or whatever. And actually, yes, it would be. But Repeat. A, uh, an estate car is not fashionable, not flavour of the month. So with the fashion conscious bio, the SUV sits a bit better. It ticks more boxes not necessarily as well but it ticks more boxes I think the fashion conscious would probably buy a ageing Volvo estate I think that's the best car you can possibly buy ever I think you could be right um, no, I mean, Aston Martin as you know I, I absolutely love to bits um, Aston is, is sort of what I aspire to own whether it, again does it look right as a 4 by 4 I'm not sure to be honest uh, just I mean it's, it's a pretty 4 by 4 I mean, and if we're talking grill, we are talking man, big man grill. looking up thing on internet again. Casual clicking in the background there as, uh, as Jim pulls up some pictures. Uh, Proportionally wrong. It looks like a Fiesta mixed with a Citroen. It's actually yeah. not far off. You're about right there. It's oh, it's just not. But right. it, it is it is quite hard to tell because you don't get an impression of the size. It does just look like a normal Aston Martin that's got. 38 inch wheels on it something like that it looks peculiar oh I love Aston Martins I really do and actually there is a DBS that they've got in at the one down the road with carbon fibre everything on it and you can have carbon fibre wheels and it just looks so good but actually I'm sorry just um, it's the kind of thing you, you, you know what it's like you go down to a car dealership and you find it very difficult not to leave a deposit on a car it's one of those kind of uh, one of those kind of cars um, it's the stuff of bedroom walls is what it is um, just reading out another article here Ferrari's upcoming SUV will likely be hybrid uh, so who'd, who'd have thought that 10 years ago or a Ferrari SUV that's a hybrid that's yeah no. is it sacrilege or yes well actually no I say yes and no the reason why I say no is because there's a hybrid and there's a hybrid if you look at the McLaren P1, that is my idea of a hybrid. Yes, that is environmentally friendly. And actually, you can park that in the special spaces reserved for environmentally friendly cars. Right. This, this we need to talk about because um, I borrowed your car um, for a wedding. And it, it was a, a very good car. It was the right colour and everything else for this kind of thing. Um, Smashed it. I didn't smash your car. It came back broken. It did come back broken. It had a crack in the windscreen. A little crack. Yes. And by the time I brought it back... It might as well have had no windscreen. It might as well have had no windscreen. It was dreadful. It was broken. But I have managed to establish 
a new kind of smug face. And this is the green cars only parking space, which is fine if you drive a car that's actually green or... Like an ultimate me... green Focus RS. Yes. I did, I did park one of those in a green cars only space once. Yes, well that makes complete sense. Because it's green. You did, well, very obviously, green. Very green. There's yes. no denying how green that is. Um, I mean, I don't think there is a more retina searing green. But anyway, oh my God, the level of smugness of being able to park in one of those electric bays when the entire car park is full and they've got Tesla supercharger, Tesla supercharger, electric, whatever it is, charging stand. I didn't figure out how to make it do the electric I was going to say, did, did you plug it in? Though? No. Right, there we go. It was in a I country you, house. You, that, so my car is probably on a forum somewhere. Yes. Having the piss ripped out of it. What, what do they call it? Iced. Yeah, being iced, internal combustion engined. Yes, that's because this is sensible, because it has an internal combustion engine, which means when you run out of electric juice... Which it does do quite quickly. Yes, then you just carry on driving it, because it's actually a car. Yeah, the hybrid is it's perfect, because it ticks all the boxes. If I want to carry on driving it, I can. Where it does come in handy is I can park it for free mm. in... The town centre. Want to go shopping? I have to pay to charge it. Yes. But the unless you tick over the hour and you're very close to the hours, you pay per minute to charge it. Nine times out of ten, it is cheaper to charge it than it is to park. I can believe that. So you might as well. Yes. And whatever it is, it doesn't matter how expensive parking. It's still better than catching a bus. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, especially this time. Yeah. I'll just cast your minds back, if you will, to when you were at school, maybe college, or whatever you like to do. I used to. Catch the bus over to, to college. And I used to have to catch the bus at university. Uh, mm. uh, God, I remember what the buses used to smell like near the university. Especially if it had been you a night bus. You can imagine what the last bus smelled like. On oh, the back, God. Oh, no. Um, anywho, so... Just a casual hour, hour, somewhere between an hour and an hour and a half to do the what would take six minutes in a car journey. Yes, exactly that. We I used to catch the bus over to Brighton and... Well, well, I used to go to college, and this time of year, it would be invariably late. I would invariably have uh, frozen my nadgers off, waiting for it. There's two buses, one at 7.40 and one at 8.15 or something, entirely useful, and that was it for the day. And you jump on board, and I'm like, mm, this smells fresh. Definitely smells that unique public transport smell. Um, and you'd realise you couldn't see outside, and you think, mm, that's weird. And you see people drawing their, drawing their little pictures in the window, and you think... Someone's dribble. Someone has breathed that out, and it is raining indoors of someone else's breath. Yes, pretty much. Oh my god, miserable! But at, at least, and, at least they are horrifically expensive yes. when you want to catch a bus. Well, back then, and this makes me sound really old. They said this cow. It was a pound return all day saver. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, it? so like your free period, you go up Devil's Dyke or something, whatever you fancy. Just for we used to go over to Salt Dean and uh, and visit. Um, what was it David Shoebridge high quality butchers and so I think that the last time I had to catch a bus into Badger Worthing something. and this is 10, 11, 12 years ago I remember a return being yeah. over three quid yeah so if useful consumer advice for you here if you are thinking about catching um, a bus or something don't uh, get a job which involves you working somewhere along the line of reviewing cars or talking about cars or working in the motor industry and the chances are they'll probably be with a car there most of the time buy a car buy a car yeah exactly as, as they say the classic the classic adage not, not necessarily a hybrid SUV but, made by Ferrari but I mean cars generally though aren't expensive are they let's be honest in the grand scheme of things no right in fact type, let's type in cheap car
Carland, £250. I bet you we can find one within five minutes. Now, where, where should we go? Should we delve into Facebook Marketplace? Let's do Facebook. Yeah, we like Facebook. Let's have a look at Facebook Marketplace. Remember, if you are on or near a Facebook, to check out the UK Motor Talk page, um, where we post things, because that's what you do on Facebook. Right, we are looking at different cars here. There we are, £99, 2003 Jaguar X-Type. Oh, do. It's a Mondeo underneath, but it's a solid car. It's an estate. We're on to a winner. What's wrong with it? Is it broken? I'm not sure. Oh, we're having a look. Suspense is filling the room. It's clean. They've washed it. It is. Yep. Breaking. Ah, rubbish. I think I would pay £250 for that, though. To be honest, this time of year... No, that's £99. Well, this time of year, if it has a heater and it works... Frankly, it's worth having. Let's have a look. This will be good. Hundred pounds, two thousand and three Renault Clio. In fact, if it doesn't, if it doesn't work, but it still has a working heater, it's worth buying one just to park near the bus stop. Description from the seller: He's uh, he's selling it well here. Failed MOT and runs like crap. Fantastic. We'll Need buy gone that. Need gone ASAP. We'll post better pictures later because he's oh. he's taking a picture using a potato from his living room, as far as I can see. I have owned two Renault Clios, um, Clio 2 Phase 1s. Uh, the first one, the gearbox went, the second one, the head gasket went. Instantly, the most unreliable cars I've ever owned. There we go, X, X-Reg Fiesta. Yes. For some reason, it's done 46,000 kilometres. Good. Uh, 1.3. Yes. New MOT. Yes. Low mileage, of course. Yes. Uh, CD player, e-window, and power steering. There you so, go. So 600 quid. There we go. But that's not two hundred and fifty pounds, you wazzock. No, just I'm flicking around. That that one caught my eye. Uh, looking at a focus, the the advert for the car is with it broken down on the back of a recovery truck. Excellent. That's that's not the best marketing. I would no, say. no, no. Don't even think about clicking on. Here a, we he's go. clicked on a Peugeot. Here we go. Oh God. Here we go. Peugeot two hundred six, SW station wagon. <sighs> Could you call that a shooting brake? Yes. I'd rather take the bus. Uh, it has approximately seven days MOT left on it. Nice. Uh, but it has got a brand new clutch and a nosy gearbox, and it needs some love. A nosy gearbox? A nosy gearbox, but it needs some love. I can't think of a car I'd like to love less. There's an exhaust on here that's nearly the same price as an entire person. I would rather just buy the exhaust. Yes. Yeah. You can make noises down it, pretend it goes somewhere. Uh, right. Anyway, let's, uh, let's be serious. £250, you say, so you want something for £250. Something with an MOT that works as a car for £250. What does Facebook offer us? Uh, a copy of Red Dead Redemption 2 on Xbox One. Great. And there we are. So that's the end of our time with Facebook. Um, and it's time to move on <laughs> a, to something else. A brief foray into the world of Facebook Marketplace. But yes, it is... Uh, it's got a short MOT, but 250 quid you will, buy buy you, will buy you a French car that you can make love to. With a nosy gearbox. Yes. Right, moving swiftly on. I'm going to talk about something now. So, do you remember when you used to buy the likes of videos, VHSs? And at the beginning, and DVDs actually, if you remember around the, the early noughties, they used to say... You wouldn't steal a car. You wouldn't steal a phone. Don't download a movie. Well, it must have been, presumably, yeah, around the early noughties. For two reasons. It was difficult to download movies, I should imagine, because obviously I never did that kind of thing. It took a long time. I can imagine it probably took a week. But 
no, you wouldn't steal a car, but would you download one? Yes. Yes, yeah, so would I. So the question is, technology is moving on now, and we looked at all kinds of uh, technology. We looked at the fact that you can 3D scan a car. Well, if someone put 3D scan specs of a, an E-Type online and you bought your whatever you fancy, your electric base or something, or I don't know, say you bought a TVR that was a bit broken and you could take the chassis out and put it into something else, I would download an E-Type. Definitely. Or a DB5. Download it and 3D print it. Hmm. I mean, definitely. Yes, yes, I would definitely do that. I'd make a, a replica car. And, and actually, kit cars, you don't really see that much anymore. Maybe because it's just too much effort or something. You always used to see the likes of 406s turned into 355s, which must have been an interesting... Uh, can you just imagine the disappointment? You get to it and you go, oh, look, there's a 355. It's, slightly, it's slightly, odd to... slightly out of proportion. Yes, but yes, really odd dimensions. You get into it and you go... Oh my God, this doesn't look right either. And you've driven off down the road and it would just be... Can you imagine? But I think, well, the, the 355 was always based on a Mark II MR2, wasn't oh, yes, it? Oh, yes, so, it was. So at least it was mid-engine rear-wheel drive, which is a good start. But there's, and there's no if, shame if, in driving an MR2. The MR2 you, is a, it's a great-looking car. If you felt so inclined, you could put a 3-litre V6 out of a Camry in the back of an MR2. It made the performance... a Camry? Yeah. It made the performance worse than a two-litre turbo, and it was a hell of a lot of effort. But at least you could have a V6, so you could have somewhat of the noise. So Three quarters of the way there. Yes, maybe, eh, kind of. But uh, to ba- the 360 base for the kit car was a Peugeot 406 Coupe, wasn't it? Oh. See, actually, I will say this, okay, and apologies to anyone driving Peugeots, but that sort of era of Peugeot up to present day generally rubbish let's be honest the 306 was okay 205 205 was okay and these cars were good and then they've just gone through a, a period of just absolute rubbish I actually quite like the look of the 406 a bit of a guilty pleasure it's, yeah, I think that is a pretty car I'm sure it was a, a project's bit, coupe for, sorry I actually, be specific yes I actually, see actually I, I preferred the coupe I preferred yeah. the 406 saloon because oh. I like a saloon car and the British touring cars in the Gold green livery that, oh, had, gold driven, that yes. had driven Golden through a green, green blob of paint. Yes, that's it. Tim Harvey, that looked wonderful, that thing. Yes, but as we know, the, the touring cars, although they look very much like the road cars, which is the appeal, thankfully nothing like it underneath. Although, that said, you can imagine if you did use a Peugeot for a race, it would literally last for that one race. That's the, epitome, that's the epitome of efficiency. It should last at the end of the race and not a yard longer. Yes. Anyway, speaking of race... We were talking earlier on about what the perfect car is. And this is a perfect second car, I think, because let's face it, we already know that this is not going to be a perfect car. And you decided that if you had £35,000 to spend, the car that you would spend it on would be an Atom. An aerial Atom, yes. An aerial Atom. Now, these things are pretty cool. It's all the car you ever need. It's not all the car you ever need. It's a ridiculous property. It is all the car you ever need. It's and nothing more. Not a thing It's more. all the car you ever need on a warm, sunny day. And a very warm, sunny what, day. One I found earlier, it had a special socket in the car where you could plug your heated jacket in. So right. what efficiency. Why heat the whole car? You drive yep. to work yes. in a car with room for five and a boot. Yes. So do I. Yes. And we are heating that entire area. Yes. This thing has somewhere to plug your heated jacket in. Yes. So why heat the entire car when you can just heat you? Why do you just put a heated jacket on its own? Why would you need to wear a heated jacket full stop? But I can't imagine. Today, 
It is unbelievably cold. It's almost as cold as it was the day we did the Mike Hawthorne thing. It is bitterly cold. It is, there. yeah, it is freezing, freezing cold. Now, I can't imagine going out and thinking, mm, this is damp and soggy, and thinking, yeah, I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to enjoy, I'm going to relish the journey to work and end up with a soggy helmet. You would get a slightly soggy helmet. I yes. would, I, I can just imagine, and you would have to make sure you kept everything closed because otherwise you'd get flies stuck in your helmet. Yes. Yeah. And you know what it's like when you get that draft coming through because you've left the thing open. Yep. Oh my God! It, it's just being obliterated. I'm going to end up sat in the car in a heated jacket with an eroded helmet. Yes. But you'd enjoy it. And trust you, me, you and the, I enjoy different things, the, my friend. The day the day I buy one, you will want to drive it. I you will. will want to be taken out as yes. a passenger in it. Yes. And and you will enjoy it. And you will hopefully yes. you will fall for it the way I have because I remember seeing that at the. Uh, I think it was the NEC back in whenever they first came out, early mid two thousand. Been out for a while actually. Two thousand and six, something like that. Yeah. And and I saw it and fell in love with it the minute I saw it. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I once drove a mini. It was a Mini Cooper. It had the roof cut off, and it'd been made into a roadster, which is pretty cool. And I had to drive it over to who cut the roof off the fire brigade or no? It, it'd been pre-cut. Yeah. Um, Somebody did it deliberately. They did it deliberately, had a rollover hoop and everything else in it. And I had to drive it over to have the carbs all tuned up. Uh, which sounds ridiculously old, doesn't it? But it was across but the. proper. But proper. Through Wiltshire, across the plains, right? <laughs> Fantastic, you think. Oh. Just, just for the listeners at oh, home. Just yes. for the listeners at home. Yes. How old are you? I am 31 years of age. Wow. Yes. <laughs> I have never been so cold. I didn't think it was possible to be that cold, but to drive at 60 miles an hour with no roof... With, this has a windscreen, which is more than your, than your aerial has, let's be honest. Oh, it, it is miserable. I don't think it's possible for my... Uh, my eye... My eyeballs felt cold. See, you could have done with a heated jacket and a helmet to keep your head warm. <sighs> the wind just whistling through his tweed. Yes. I can imagine exactly what I would look like wearing a helmet. I would have looked like a helmet. But has the experience stuck with you? And yes. Is it, is it a fond memory? Yes, because parts of me are still defrosting from that day. <laughs> right, so for that sort of money, what else? I mean, I think probably a Lotus of some description. Because bearing in mind this is a toy. We're talking about toy here, aren't we, really? Okay, yeah. So uh, yeah. Obviously not, not a new. It would have to be a used. Because mm. new Lotuses seem to have... Doubled in price recently, even well, for the base model. It wasn't the lease when they came out, but 25, not even that, were they? See, I remember working at a Lotus dealership yeah. in 2006, 2007 ish, and an Exige in the spec you'd want with a few options added to, as in all of the three options you could add to them, yes. added was 29995, something like that. Exige, you say? Exige, yeah, with the Toyota yeah. 1.8. VVTR which is the one the you'd have not the uh, yeah, yeah. Um, not the yeah to a 29, 30, 30 maybe 32 grand if you went absolutely mental and put forged alloys on it and things yeah. like that yeah and actually I did Le Mans in 2015 and we took along a Lotus Exige S um, which was brilliant what a car it's some great photos of it sat on the you know on the curbs around the corner you've got the Dunlop signage in the background it looked Amazing. It also broke down um, on the way. No, in fact, it didn't even break down on the way. It broke down when we were at the campsite and it we had torrential rain and it just stopped working. I mean, 
and I don't mean it's just they would have had a little bit of an it stopped working entirely ECU died which would have been fine if the owner had um, breakdown cover <laughs> and didn't and had to get it home and it cost £2,000 and another £2,000 to get it working again but it was a phenomenal car and I maintain they are absolutely incredible really and you can use it as an actual car pretty much just having a browse here so we have a, an Exige albeit the uh, the Cup 430 with Very nice. many sporty bits yes. on it uh, look at that so we've got a proper gearbox yes yes manual gearbox mm -hmm. Uh, not very old at all, registered last year, done 3,250 miles, and this one is up for sale for 94,995 pounds. Wow. Wow indeed. Okay, so slightly different thing. I mean, admittedly, you know, the Lotus is more what you want for track. I looked at a... You, can, you can drive an Exige every day. Yes, you can. Yeah, and, and, although you don't want the this, the um, non-grippy tyres, it has to be said if you are using it in the winter because they do like to swap ends a bit. And you get a heater for that. You don't need a heated jacket. Yes, and a windscreen and a roof. It probably leaks though. Oh, it definitely leaks. If the roof has been removed at any point in its life, it will leak. But that said, for the same sort of money, I looked at a not saying the ninety thousand, but a two thousand and seven Aston Martin Vantage. It done 45k, it was in the right colour, the right wheels, the right leather, full Aston history, and that was £36,000. That's a lot of car for £36,000, isn't it? It's a lot of repair bills waiting to hit you. Yes. A windscreen is £5,000 or somewhat similar. And when I rang the... So you'd be Martin, upset if you lent it to me and I brought it back smashed. It you? never happens. Um, <laughs> the, uh, when I rang the Aston Martin dealer, they said that they could do a uh, all service, you know, basic service for somewhere in the region of £700-£800. Fantastic. Wow. Yes. That's a lot of money, isn't it, really? It's, uh, it is in in the service. So what were they changing for that? Just, just the oil, oil and filter. filter. It seems like a lot. That can't be right, can it? No, there's there's got to be more to it than that. Mm. Without a shadow. There must be more parts slung at it for seven to £800. It, that must have been a full... There can't be a, an M3 costs £1,000 for a full service. Well, that's true. But then... That sort of car comes with those sorts of running costs. They are far more high performance, far better tuned. They are designed to be driven harder and faster, but you need to maintain them and keep up with them. Often the, the mass-produced cars are designed to... Really, I've, I've seen a few cars in the past that haven't had an oil change for 60, 70, 80, 90, even 100,000 miles, and they're still fine because they're designed down to the lowest common denominator in the worst conditions possible. They're tested all across the country, so actually tootling around the, the plains of Wiltshire for 100,000 miles probably isn't that much effort for them. But I will say we don't condone not servicing your car because it, well, potentially will go bang. Or I've indeed said, doing 100,000 miles around the plains of Wiltshire. And actually the atom, you know, you've disappeared off the distance, the atom wouldn't see where the, where the atom went. When I say I've, I've just got the love. You know. Fair enough. Mm. So we've discussed the uh, the cold weather, driving around an atom in this weather, and, and terrible idea. Convertible minis in this kind of weather, but terrible idea. Win winter driving, obviously, a, a fairly uh, hot topic. If you'll pardon the uh, anti-pun, there we go. That was cool. That little link. It's, uh, it's it's odd. I, we woke up the other day to to headlines uh, about how to not leave the uh, not leave the house unless you absolutely need to. And I looked outside the window, and it was sunny and. Dry, so we we actually we do we do very well or very badly depending on which way you look at it. With the snow just being south of the South Downs, I mean we we haven't had a, a single flake down. I'm quite here, looking forward we? to the to the snow. See, I like the snow. Yeah, I like driving in the snow. 
Yes, well, what's interesting is how your rear-wheel drive hybrid torquey... Run petrol, flat tyres. Yes, is going to deal with the snow. Whereas actually, I'm quite feeling quite confident with my quattro four-wheel drive. But it, it is designed to just cope with very slippery conditions, yes, isn't it? that is what it does. I think that's going to be hilarious. Uh, I mean, that, I think that's going to be very safe, is what I think that's going to be. Absolutely. But uh, no, d- driving in, uh, in the snow... Well, I've, I've, I've driven an MR2 on sheet ice before, mm. so it surely can't be as scary as that. I remember I was when they first came out, I was given a CLS 350 the day we had ridiculous snow. But the Mercedes dealership in question had a straight exit that went out past a Lexus showroom. And the other entrance, or exit, was a big... Lexus, the Japanese Mercedes. The Japanese Mercedes, yes. Um, had a, a sort of curvy ramp to get out. Now, someone had parked a recovery truck in the middle, which couldn't have been for Lexus, because of course they never go wrong, as we know, uh, on, on, on the sort of straight exit. So I had to come out via the curly ramp. Now, you can imagine what happened. The moment you touched the throttle, the thing just went, whoa, it's completely sideways. And I was driving through Stenning, um, which is... As you may or may not know, a, a sort of relatively quiet, pretty little village, really. Is. I went to school at Stenning. I learned, I learned how to you. drink in Stenning. Excellent. Whilst at school, was it? I mean, obviously not. Um, yes, whilst at school. Excellent. Um, and I remember just driving along the road, and the moment you touched the throttle, the thing just completely swapped ends over and over again. So it was great, and I managed to, to drive everywhere without crashing, and it was great fun. But I do wonder whether actually in snow... Well, people don't know how to drive in the first place. And when you see people come out and stamp on the throttle, it's, it's, it's people that make driving worse, other people. Yes, yeah, so I remember the uh, the big snow that we had, what, four or five years ago, something like that, mm. where it, it snowed a lot, just thawed ever so slightly and then froze and then yes. snowed again. So we had, great. We had a, a lot of snow. It was a, a six-hour drive. I was over in Seaford, Um on the day that it that it snowed, and that's normally from from my house at the time. It was forty five minutes to an hour drive, something like that. Sure, took me uh, took me just shy of seven hours to get back. Ugh. But having said that, just under six hours of that was getting from Seaford to before the tunnel at Brighton. Yep. Once I'd disappeared through Brighton, come back out of Brighton, where they'd although they closed the A twenty seven, they hadn't closed one slip road, which I managed to find. So I was the only car on the A27, and then I could make wonderful progress, and it was absolutely fine because it's a straight enough bit of road. There was the A27 before they they closed it; they had to close it because of a few accidents, and it was gridlocked because nobody could drive in pretty much a straight line, and there was no reason for anyone to crash on there at all. But somehow, 28 people had managed it, so they had to close the road. Incredible! I remember that because at the time I had a beaten up old Fiesta as a, a beta car to get to work and back. And the reason for that was because I was driving a supercharged car daily and for some reason it wasn't very economical. And I kind of didn't factor that into the equation when it came to commuting. Funny that, isn't it? It is. Anyway, this thing was brilliant. It was, um, I think, an L-Ridge. It was quite old even at the time. And it had bumpers made out of gaffer tape front and rear and a porcelain badger set on the dashboard. Just what you need. It, Again, remind the listeners how old you are. I am 31 years of age. Um, the It was a Fiesta Summer, which means it had a sunroof, but it also had no electrics from the bulkhead back. So it had... That's probably wise. Yeah, it to go wrong. Didn't have a clock, no central locking, no electric windows, no boot pop, 
no rear speakers, nothing. I mean, literally, from the if you took the front of the car off, cut it off just above the windscreen or just below the windscreen, and took the doors off and everything else, it would still go. The only thing electric Perfect. behind you was the fuel pump. Perfect. But this thing had really little skinny tyres, and you didn't really mind if it bounced off things, to be honest, anyway. But I pulled out... Um, that's the end of it. No, I put, So I pulled out uh, of work, drove up this hill, and the car just went up it fine, because you just take your foot off the clutch, leave it in second or third gear, whatever it might need, and up it goes. Momentum. Yeah. So woman pulls straight out in front of me, burying the throttle and the focus that slides sideways off down the hill. Um, and it took me two hours to reach the other end. It might have even been four hours. It was, it was a long, a long period of time to reach the other end of the high street because people were just sliding into each other and it was absolutely ridiculous. I ended up going back and ringing, I think I'd started the job about two weeks before and I rang up and spoke to the boss and said, can I sleep at work? Because I've got keys but I can't, you know, there's, there's no way I can get home because I was working 35 miles away from home and uh, it actually came across country in a 4x4 four four and came and picked me up because the snow was just too deep to get the Fiesta through at this point to drive through but it's, that's <sighs> Main slightly extreme but in, in this country in general as soon as we get a tiny bit of snow yes. everybody crashes and yes. everything comes grinding to a halt so yes. is it what causes that okay we don't have um, winter tyres by law here like a lot of European countries and we also don't get we don't get a mass of snow but uh, no but as soon as the temperature gets to Seven degrees. Seven degrees. Mm. Winter tyres are more grippy and they yeah. won't fall apart and wear well, out quickly. So, actually, is it time that we did make them mandatory? Mm. Maybe through, during November, December, January, or when the when the temperature reaches a certain thing, should we fit those for safety? Because, let's face it, a set of four winter tyres can be had for most cars for, what, two, three, four hundred pounds, but two, three, four hundred pounds versus your safety, everybody else's safety, not ruining your car, a dented wing will cost you well, 400 quid. So Let's be honest here, people begrudge spending any money on their cars. We were saying about people not servicing their cars. You get people who will have an older car, and they'll run it around for a long time, and they'll fit part-worn tyres that have been repaired well, when by you, melting When you can buy a whole Peugeot them. for just £250, yes, why right. spend £400 on tyres? Well, exactly. So, you know... As lethal or not as, as as they may be to be on normal tyres, most of the time you're okay with tyres that do all year round. I mean, winter tyres you could, in theory, drive all year round on, but they just wear out really quick because yeah, you know they they and you can't drive very quickly on them either, as I found out on the uh, the autobahn. And it actually was on the autobahn in in a higher car. They don't like doing 150 miles an hour winter tyres because they're they, not. They, no, they, they fall apart and bits of the tread come from Do they make that them. noise that... Um, yes, they get hot very quickly, don't they? Yes, yeah, very hot. Do, do they make the noise that uh, you can sort of make with one nostril, like... As you're driving no, along? Not, you, you could actually hear the chunks of rubber hitting the inside of the, uh, of the wheel arches as they were falling apart. So, basically, the approach you had towards your hire car on the autobahn is pretty much the approach you have to our track car, then. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Just as fast as you possibly can and just wait for bits to fall off. Well, the, uh, the, the insurance excess collision damage waiver was about 50 quid for the week, which is about what the Fiesta owes us. So, actually, gotcha. yes. It's, yeah. it's cost, cost versus expenditure. Yeah, right, you know what we've come back to here? So, we were talking about cheap cars instead of catching the bus. We were talking about the ideal car to have as a weekend toy slash track toy. We've solved both issues in one. What you need is a Fiesta that owes you £50 each, Actually, it with a friend. Yeah, I think, to be fair, if it does snow, I might be tempted to take the, the track car around for a little bit rather than, than the BM. 
as they are notoriously horrific in the snow yes. because of the tyres. Right. And, and people knock front-wheel drive, but front-wheel drive is better when it's snowing or... In the snow without yeah. it. Yeah, perfect. Really Abs- slippery. Absolutely ideal. But no, is it a, a lack of education? I mean, obviously, for, for anyone yes. listening <clears throat> listening at home, you're, you're obviously no doubt slightly into your cars because you tune in to listen to us Otherwise, talking what are you actually doing? Why, to why be, are to you be fair, even, to even if you do like cars... Why are you listening? But anyway, that's that's what we're, we're grateful fact, that you do. Write to us. Answer on write to us on Facebook or Twitter. Write to us. Send, send us a stamped address envelope. at UK Motor Talk. Yes. Either way, tell no, us do, on do social it electronically. media. It's a lot cheaper. But opinions we uh, we always like to hear them. So uh, so chip in. But no, uh, presumably you're into your cars and and you like driving and whatever else. So for for those listening at home, any. It might be a good idea to do tips and tricks and bits and pieces like that. Because again, the first time driving in in the snow is a bit of a yeah. an adventure or a fact finding mission. Yeah. Um. But you really only get one chance to find out before you end up backwards, upside down, both in a ditch. I, yeah. On fire. I mean, I I learned to drive in the winter, um, which was great because it was dark half the time. I prefer driving in the dark to driving in the light. It was wet most of the time. It was. You know, the conditions weren't great. We had ice. The day of my test, I did my test and they cancelled the rest of them because um, it snowed, which is probably the only reason why I passed. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was, it's a good time to learn to drive, but a lot of people don't. And I, I remember going in a car with somebody and she was really nervous. I said, what's the matter? She said, I've never driven in the dark. And you think, you've existed in the dark, so how you, you've seen nighttime before as a human being, so you... nighttime's just better, especially now when you've got those lights that blind everybody. Yeah, like, or even just lights, you can see where you go. It's fine. That, no, good. so any any tips? I mean, I um, popped along to uh, well, I've been to do it a couple of times actually. The the skid pan low grip yeah. experience at Goodwood. Yeah, smashing value. I think it was ninety nine quid or one hundred and nine quid, something like that, and mm. they gave you a tenner to spend in the uh, the grill afterwards. Um, and you had a, you had an hour, a full hour in the car, just you and, and an instructor, no swapping cars, no waiting, this, that, or the other. Mm. A solid hour in the car of, of just organised mucking around on the skip pattern. Very, very, very slippery. Like, I would say slipperier than sheet ice mm. to drive on. Um, but it, the, the control that it taught you and the experience and whatever else, I'd feel totally confident driving on sheet ice all the way home that sideways without any problems That's at all. fun. Very good fun. I, I'll tell you something about this, actually, because I went to a skid pan. Um, by, by chance, it happened to be going on when I was somewhere in the RS. And all the BMWs had lined up for the skid pan. And I thought, do I just join the end of the queue? Yes. Um, and the marshal came over and said, yeah, you can't, can't go in there because they're you know, doing their skidding thing. Oh, that sounds sounds good. I said, uh, "Did you want to jump in, and we'll go around together?" And we started chatting about it. He said, "Well, I'll tell you why you won't want to go in there." So why is that? I said, "Well, because the stuff that they put on there—they have it constantly being sprayed. It's not water. It's water and something else. Water and oil, I think. It's it? like a yeah, like an oily stuff. Yeah. And he said that when it gets on your car, he said it just sticks, and you can't clean it off when you wash it. And because they have to clean it, they have to clean it with vinegar." Hmm. And the wheels and everything else. He said, and trying to get the water droplets off is dreadful. So, he said, oh, so you can do it. As tempting as it would be just to put it into drift mode and just do some silliness. You'd have to spend a long time cleaning it. A long the car, time right? cleaning it. And uh, whereas you like doing your buffy thing, I really like having a clean car, but I don't actually like cleaning it. See, I, I quite like cleaning a car, but not in this weather again. I've, I've cleaned it 
once, I think that's when you borrowed it and then ruined it for the wedding. Oh yeah, that's right, uh, I ruined it. And I uh, yeah, I hadn't cleaned it in properly in, in two and a bit, three months, It's because it's just been too cold. And I've moved, so I haven't bought a long enough hose pipe to stretch around to the outside tap yet, so that's another excuse. Yeah. But to be fair, I've been painting and decorating, so... Yeah, you see now... I haven't been lazy. This has happened. I mean, some of our car exploits have been somewhat uh, somewhat subdued, shall we say. Yes, yeah, so we've got the Fiesta ready for its MOT. We just need to, to actually yes. have it MOT'd, which is happening early February, and then we'll, uh, we'll book somewhere, but we're fairly confident it will get through this time. You might remember from our last podcast... Uh, that we were working on the Fiesta and didn't exactly go to plan. Well, the next time we met up and did it without uh, without any of the microphones, without you guys listening, and it's kind of like, you know when you go to the toilet and you need to go for a wee, but you can't go because someone's watching? We was, it, it just went completely to plan, didn't it? Who watches you when you go to the toilet? People do. What kind of toilets are you visiting? No, I never I never find somebody sat there waiting to watch me in my toilet. We have gone off toilet. But uh, yes, because no, because nobody was there to witness it, it went fantastically well, didn't yes, it? Yes, absolutely. Which no is always the way. Yeah. So anyway, it is now ready to be used either in the snow or for an MOT. Well, we need to have an MOT first before we can use it in the snow. Of course. So well, yeah, any other winters. So we'd we'd recommend a skid pan. Yep. A farmer's field. We we did take a couple of cars up and we had to drive past a golf with course the, the other day. With the farmer's permission. Yes, with the farmer's that's, permission. That's important. I was driving past a uh, golf course the other day and it was raining quite a lot. And, and great. I, I was so tempted. Well, I was I was immensely tempted. But unfortunately the car had the, my company's logo splattered across the side what? of it and I probably wouldn't if go If you had a Tesla, well. that's technically a golf car, right? Yes, yes it is. That would do the trick, wouldn't it? And it's yes. got space in the back for golf bats and probably in the front as well. Definitely. Yep. So if you do want to know a bit more about making sure your car is right during the winter, check us out on YouTube where Graham's been doing lots of bits and pieces about checking your fluids, tyre pressures and everything else. Honestly, if you want to know, he's got it there for you. UK Motor Talk News. In other treasonous news, and we're not sure if treasonous is a word, but we might have just come up with it, um, Prince Philip... Had, how, had a bit of a shunt how, this week, Firstly, how he? do you turn over a car in this day and age? Uh, well, from what I understand, he was pulling out of a Some side blinded road. me! Pulling out of a side road. That I'm fairly certain that's treason. Pulling out of a side road and a, a car travelling on the main main carriageway smashed into the side of him. And I think that the speed limit along that road was 60. It's now 30 and there's a speed camera there. That's been done rather quickly, funnily enough. The woman that was crying a lot on the television, well, she said that it was grey and overcast and he veered into their side of the road, hit the Kia and knocked her, her friend and the little one who thankfully wasn't harmed at all off the road. And the, that is the main thing. We, we will laugh and joke about it, but obviously car accidents, are, I've, I've had some rather entertaining car accidents in my lifetime but the point is I'm still here to talk about them so that's why they're entertaining um, and the main yeah. thing is everybody was okay and actually accidents can be horrific and everything else but he said he was blinded by the sun which is a bit odd hits them and then manages to, to sort of punt his car over onto the side oh dear bother I, mean, I don't know why he sounds like Dumbledore but um, he kind of does anyway uh, well at least in my mind how how would you roll these things over? I mean, it's it's opened up a whole can of worms, and people have said, should the Queen have a chat with Prince Philip about giving up driving? 
See, when the Queen has a chat with you about something, it, it doesn't matter who you are to the Queen. If the Queen has a chat with you, it's basically this is what's going to happen. Yes. Isn't it? It's either good, bad, or you're going to be killed. Yes. Um, or knighted, possibly one of those things. I don't think the Queen probably does order hits and stuff. Is See, that, some, is that some man looking up thing on internet, somebody here recommends that Prince Philip should be prosecuted. Well, to be honest, if he's been driving without due care and attention, yes. And there was somebody who was really outraged by the fact that he was treated like a common, well, common person, I suppose, common criminal because they turned up and they breathalyzed him after he flipped to the Land Rover. I mean, well, yes, of course you do, because that's what happens. Yes, that's exactly what And happens. it doesn't matter what ultimately happens to him, because if he went to court tomorrow, the Queen's ahead of the court and she'd go, don't worry about it, Philip, it's okay. Hmm. And he's 97 years old, so he's too old to be given any kind of real sentence or... Well, it, I don't know, it, it would be a brave prosecutor or judge to, to rule against him and sentence him to something or fine him. Or... You know this thing they do where they say, right, we want to see all your bank records. Yes. And we then want to see how much money you, you have in the bank and how much money you earn, and then we'll decide what is a proportionate fee for your transgressions in a motor car. Hmm. I wonder how that would go down. Right, I'm terribly sorry, you've just lost Birmingham. But I just want to point out that we love the royal family, and we particularly love the royal family because of their choice in cars. Um, they've got Aston Martin, they've got Land Rover, they've got Bentley. Princess Diana had a black Series 1 RS Turbo. That's pretty cool. I'm no, just uh, just just flicking through to see what the um, the general consensus was, but yeah, wh- whatever happens, obviously it brings us on to the uh, the topic of older drivers and is is the current system correct for older drivers in terms of standard of driving, age, retests, eyesight tests, etc. Because at the moment the the obligation is pretty much on the driver to tick a box and say yes, I am fit and well to drive, and my eyes yeah. are fine or. My eyes aren't fine, but I can wear glasses, and that makes them fine, and let me get on with it. See, no, it's not okay, is the first thing. No. And my next-door neighbour, her dad, my old next-door neighbour, this is some years ago now, her dad couldn't feel his feet. Drove a manual. You were, and I, a bit of an issue. And I think, actually, you know, this wasn't an adapted car, this was just a normal car. And an adapted car would obviously cure the issue, perhaps. But uh, I, I like to think, if a kid ran out in front of me now, could I stop? That's the first thing. Am I okay to do that? But I genuinely think that the system as it stands at the moment is wrong because, as we've said earlier on, actually you don't necessarily have to drive in snow, dark, rain or anything else. You could do an intensive driving course, pass your test in a week, two days, whatever it might be, in brilliant sunshine. So we have no real experience that you get in other countries. I'm trying to think of, um, is it Sweden, where they have to do ice uh, Finland. snow? Finland. Finland, yeah. Which is why they're such brilliant rally drivers, I suspect. But, uh, you know, it's... A, a relatively speaking, a basic test which shows you're okay to use a car and you're relatively safe on the road. I personally think that every for the first six years you pass, every two years you, have, you should do a competency test. Uh, and, and this competency test should be again with your medical every five years after this point. When you get to 70, you should have another medical and competency test. Again, it switches to two years. Because it's nothing against people of any age. We all know that as we get older, all of our skills start to start to sort of drop off a bit, and it's 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 just natural aging. It's not because anyone is particularly careless or because actually they shouldn't be on the road or anything else. You know, your eyesight when you're ninety isn't going to be as good as it was when you're twenty. No, definitely not. The, yeah, age catches up with everyone. Obviously, it catches up at different rates with everyone. But yeah, there comes a, a time when your skills and and everything else has diminished to the point where you're no longer safe to yourself 
and others. I suppose at that stage all he can hope is there's friends or family members around who can see it, have a chat with you, and you listen to them. Because again, I mean, giving up giving up your car if you pass your test at 17, 18, 19, 20, and, and mm-hmm. you're then in your 80s, you've had 60-odd years of driving, or even in your 90s, you've had yeah. decades of driving around, of independence, going where you like, when you like, how you like, mm. and to have that taken off you and have to catch a bus. Well, you see, it's an interesting question, isn't it, really? Because I think it depends what it is, where you live, and, and the, each circumstance is going to be different. I think my granddad's a good example of this, actually, because he is now... 90 I don't think now he's going to be 91 so he I've been out in the car with him his, his driving is fine actually you know it's, there's no real problem he doesn't like to drive during rush hour anymore because it's just too busy and he can't be done with the faff doesn't like driving in the dark really very much anymore so he's not on the road during those times but in reality well vision in, in low light as you get older that's the first thing to go it's low light yeah. vision isn't it but you know he, he's a healthy chap he walks a lot he's you know I, I'll be if I'm as healthy as he is when I reach his age if I reach his age I'll, I'll be happy let's put it that way but he does are we, what 1300 miles a year maybe maybe probably a little bit less and you think actually at that point does is, he need to go is it cheaper to you know, just get a taxi. Yeah. If you want to go somewhere. And actually, if, you know, obviously he doesn't work at this point. I say obviously because you can still work at that point, but he doesn't work. If you did want to catch the bus and it does take you 40 minutes to do a 20 minute journey, does it does it matter? And during the day, who is on a bus? Because when the buses go past the office, nobody is on a bus, so it turns out they're just buses driving around with nobody on the bus. Yeah, no, they're, the they're always empty. Yeah. Empty. Just, just the driver and that's it. Yeah. But it gives them something to do all day. And it's free. So why not? Yeah. Um, so, you know, yes, he's got a car. He's been driving since he was 18 years old, maybe. So a long, long time. What do you do? But of course, ultimately, it comes down to the, the fact that driving is a privilege, yes. not a right. Yeah. And but that's that's the main thing. You have to earn it and, and prove that you're safe and legal and, and you have to fit in with all the rules, etc. I think you should have to prove it. Hmm. Um, and my idea of a competency test isn't that you'd have a full-blown test. It might just be you spend an hour in the car with a driving instructor driving around, just showing that you're okay. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't need to be that. Just get in the car, but maybe yeah. not even that long. 20 minutes, 25 minutes, I think, is, is normally well enough to judge. Yes. Because I've been truly terrified sat next to some people driving along within the first three minutes. Yeah. Yes. Um, yes, there, there is someone that we are mutually terrified by. Um, I don't think it even takes three minutes. I mean, sometimes the car can be on its own and it's terrifying. Yes, yeah, he, d- he did have a, a car crash 50... Well, the car crash was still happening 50 minutes after he got out of the yes. car. Yeah. Would be one way of putting it. So, I mean, that, that can be terrifying. There's all manner of, of drivers which are terrible at any age, but yes, sat in the car with an instructor, proving you're competent and you've got a medical. Fine. And actually, that can be really useful. I found out, ooh, probably about 2012, that I'm diabetic. I wouldn't, didn't know before wouldn't have known if um, I hadn't gone in for some other routine tests and it came up. It just came up in the blood work. Now, that can be an issue for some drivers. In my case, it's, it's um, my type of diabetes. My blood sugar level isn't going to drop too low. I'm going to pass out and everything else. But actually, that can happen. And, God, if I was driving along, I'm relatively, I use the term loosely, relatively healthy, relatively young. Um, I think I've got relatively decent reactions and everything else. Obviously, you know... Proved that uh, 
that, that even being nearly punched in the face there, uh, I managed to duck out the way like the karate kid. Uh, <laughs> um, but actually, you know, these things can happen. If I passed out and then, I don't know, it was school chucking out time and I went onto the pavement and killed somebody, I'd feel terrible. There's nothing, nothing to be lost by knowing that you're okay or you know, either you might mitigate it with medication or eating or checking your blood sugars, whatever it might be. And actually there's so many people using the road now, cars are faster, they require less attention to drive them arguably. There's more distractions in them, like you say, your, your old Elridge, what was in the car to distract you? The Badger set. Um, but aside from that... Aside from the, uh, the, the aftermarket modification of a Badger it a, set. It had a tape deck, um, so I suppose if you were changing the cassette... Um, yeah, but again, that's, that was a, a tactile thing, which you could probably do without yes. looking at it, because a cassette in the good old days, you, one end of it was bigger than the other, and you knew which way to and, and put it in, and then to go to the other side, you take it out, turn it upside down, pop it back in again, and, and off you went. You never needed to take your no. eyes off the road to change a cassette. And and there's a slight tangent here, and, and it does happen from time no. to time. Um, I test drove with a view to buy an XC40. Um which was a great car, actually. Really like that. Incredible storage. I guess maybe we'll talk about that some other time. But the centre control in the dashboard was basically an iPad, like a tall iPad, including all the heater controls. See, I hate that. Yeah, I do. I absolutely hate that. In it. Oh, it, it looks so smart. But if you've ever tried to program a sat-nav, and this was <laughs> this was a real problem in the uh, in the RS, actually, because the suspension's quite hard, as you can probably imagine. And as you're driving along, down like this... You try and you know maybe choose that you want to go to I don't know Warsaw and end up in Wigan. It's it's a problem. Easy done. Easy, Easy done. done. Yeah, because you actually can't press the buttons on anything. And if I was trying to do that and I don't know, it was freezing cold in the car, like maybe now, for example, I would want to be able to press a button, turn a dial, or whatever it might be, and you've got the temperature you want. If it comes up on the little screen in front of you when you turn the dial, brilliant. Yeah, or well, uh, driving along if it's cold, wet, miserable, damp as it is now, yeah. and you want to press the button that yeah. puts the heaters on full blast, the aircon, demiss the windscreen, etc., because I'm sure we've all been there, you're driving along, everything's fine, and then for whatever reason the car just suddenly you starts to miss up. after having de-iced it and it suddenly gets... Suddenly fucking... miss up, yeah, yeah. you want to be able to press that button, yes. and in most cars that will clear it within three or four seconds and you're absolutely fine. If it's got to be a couple of seconds of button presses, you can't find it. You take your eyes off the road, the visibility is bad as it is. Yes. The, the technology there certainly isn't helping you. So I, I'm, I think it probably should be made a law yeah. because car manufacturers... Normally car manufacturers are quite good at yeah. self-policing this kind of thing because they just listen to what people want yes. and, and then they do that. Yes. But for, for some reason, this, this is just more and more of a growing trend. Yeah. Is, I, is it a cost-saving thing as well? Obviously, if you've got the screen there already, there's no extra cost to yep. put all the climate features onto the screen, mm. and you can save the cost of the buttons and the switches yeah. and the diodes and whatever else. So is it a cost-saving thing, and is it a design thing? It keeps everybody happy oh, from that point wrong, of view. Imagine. But it, it just doesn't improve the experience no, at all. No, it doesn't. It look, and actually, when you try it you know, in your showroom, whatever, and it's all stationary, it's great. But actually, the moment you start moving... And then you've got things like the voice control, which in theory should alleviate this problem. And you say, I know, I'll, rather than turning the dial to 22 degrees Celsius, temperature, and it goes, temperature, or climate. And you go, 22 degrees, and it goes, phoning Martin. Like, Fantastic. 
That's great. It's exactly what I wanted. Where's the button to cancel this? Oh, there isn't a button because it's a touchscreen. Hang on a second. I'll press the button. Oh, uh, the easiest thing for me to do is turn the car off and open the door. Yeah, see, most manufacturers don't seem to have voice control link, but it's on. Nobody does. Not long had Sky uh, Q installed at home. So the latest fancy pants 4K. Just so you can watch F1. Blah, blah. Yes, for that that exact reason. Surprise. Um, But the, the voice control, when you're searching for something on that, is brilliant. It works really, really well. But the voice control on the actual telly, for if you're searching something on... Prime or YouTube or one of the apps through the telly is is absolutely awful. It's mm. horrific. So SkyQ has never once missed a beat in terms of what I'm searching for. Yeah. Trying to search for something on, on YouTube on it yesterday, it, it just got it no way near right. I was trying to find a, a video of that, that this crazy... Is, this is the excuse he uses all the time to his wife. That, uh, that crazy drummer guy at the wedding, and I ended up watching some Bollywood outtakes clip I did no idea how it Didn't happened that yeah that's that's what happened but uh, no just very so yeah some some systems get it right Siri for example you talk to that through the car that works really well that hardly ever misses a beat but the voice control in the actual car never behaves itself I sneezed once in a um, one of the later XJs and it went pardon <laughs> I thought that was brilliant I thought that was just what it was trying to do but it turns out that's when it can't hear you so is the car always listening to you I guess so. It's a bit like Alexa. Yes. Yes. Just spying on you. But then that comes as a shock to some people. Yes. Why, why is my voice-controlled smart hub always listening to me? Yes. Well, it's a bit like because it's controlled by your, your phone. voice, so it has to. And you go, and apologies to everyone when this happens. Actually, no, no, no sorry, not sorry. Hey, Siri. Just across the nation now. Or, Alexa. See, mine's just lit up. No. Alexa, search for UK Motor Talk. Yes, or we could do this. Alexa, remind me about the thing on the 29th of February, 2021. And now it's just going to save that. And it's going to come up. Remind me about the thing. On on at least 17 people's phones, that's going to ping up. That's going to be incredible. Yeah. <laughs> Any Anywhere from... Uh, yeah. So, anywho. So, my voice has now activated your phone or, or Alexa or whatever. Very clever. And it's even more clever when it's in the car. Hmm. Except for the fact when you say, I don't know, give me a, a traffic report, and it goes, I'm sorry, Dave, I can't do that whilst you're driving. Sorry, Dave, I'm afraid I can't do that, Dave. E- exactly, exactly. What? What? And and just rest in peace as well, because he uh, he passed away a couple of weeks he did. ago. Didn't Bless he? him. Unfortunately. Well, like I say, in memory of hell, and that neatly brings us on to another topic of conversation. Why is it that someone has to die every podcast? Why many persons noticed this? People die. Two things are certain in life: death and taxes, and that's it. Mike Hawthorne, fantastic yeah. racing driver, anniversary of his death. The Volvo, the, the little bit we did about the Volvo the other day, you know, it becomes, Volvo hasn't died, has it? No, no, the Volvo hasn't oh, died. But it's a sort of like dark, scandy. You know, we, you know, we had that whole thing going on, and now look, look what's happened. Well, Prince Philip is still alive. That's the main thing. He can have, and again, test, testament to modern cars and modern safety, he can yeah. have what's really big, just looking at the pictures, quite a nasty accident and the car's on its side and there's bits everywhere. Yes. And uh, and he's walked out without a scratch. He's absolutely yes. perfect. Funnily enough, the other person who was involved in it does have many injuries. Yes. We would just say the pressure is, is on now to get this edited now before he actually dies. Uh, um, no, he's fine. He, he, I mean, he was out the other day. He's dicing with death because he didn't put his seatbelt on, did he? Do you see that? Uh, oh yeah, but he, he doesn't have. Oh no, does he have to? But the Queen doesn't. 
Because she is the queen, she can do what she likes. I think the answer to all this poor driving standards and everything else is actually that technology in the end will win. Because cars will become autonomous whether we like it or not. There's going to be more and more autonomous cars that will talk to each other. You'll be able to drive in certain lanes and everything else. What are you looking at now? I'm, I'm on the internet and I've found Prince Philip car crash parts. So that these are bits of car that somebody has collected from the side of the road and they are on eBay. £65,900 for some smashed, smashed up bits of a car. Have they got any parts for Fiesta ST? I'm asking for a friend. Uh, probably not cost effective, I would imagine. Ah. Well, anyway, so technology, shall we say, when cars become autonomous, less people are going to drive because you don't have to. Cars that are autonomous will probably be allowed to go certain places that cars that aren't, aren't. Yes. So more people will get used to autonomous cars. That'll become the future. You'll only do a driving licence if you want a driving licence. Or if you particularly need one for something because certain things can only be manually controlled. Who knows? The car will be licensed. The car will be licensed. Yeah. So actually, the only people that will be driving on the road are the people interested in driving. Or people like us that by that point will be really old. And the Queen. Or the King at the time because they don't need a driving licence. Because they're their roads. Are they actually not? No. No, the Queen doesn't need a driving licence because they're her roads. The Queen's pretty badass though, isn't she? When it comes to that kind of thing. She, she drove all the stuff, the wartime vehicles, you think. Mm. She can drive... Pretty much anything, and just doesn't make a fuss about it. No, no, she does get stuck in. Definitely. You don't, you can't imagine no, her, can you? Hanging out of the side of a vehicle because she's just been cut up by someone or driving at the back end of somebody, and just you know gesticulating wildly like but I'm at you. Can you imagine? Yes. If you cut somebody up and then they pull in front of you, swerve, stop, get out of the car, and it's the queen. I can imagine if I cut somebody up and they swerve and pull in front of me, they'll probably flip the Land Rover over, get out of the car, go, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. It may have escaped your notice, but there are other motoring... Um, well, what should we say? There's nothing quite like this, Me- is there? Media products available. There are, indeed. Uh, Including I- Amazon Shit Car Show. Yes, I love that. That's I mean, genius advertising, the, isn't it? The same person that's done that, I wonder if the same person that did the Susan Album Party. And I, let- I, I was just thinking about Susan Boyle. Just were before you? you said that, actually, yeah. What, you were thinking specifically about Susan's album party? Uh, yes, I was thinking Susan's about that. Party, yes. Su- Susan's album, album. Yes. yes, that. that. Yes, that was brilliant. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, Google it. Uh, no, don't Google it. Actually, do Google it. Google it, but not at work. Yes, unless, of course, you're a child, in which case, ask your parents what that means. Yes, don't Google it. Um, that's probably the best way. So... We were talking a little bit earlier on off mic, because we, we do that sometimes. Actually, we don't just talk to each other when we've got a microphone here. And we were talking about Top Gear, because actually none of us, we realise, know when that's coming back. But the Grand Tour is back. It is, it is. Or it is back. And uh, Although I do find it odd that it's all been filmed and it's a streaming service, but it only streams once a week. It's a yeah. little bit odd. Just, just stick the whole thing up in one go and let me binge watch I it. I think it's and health then, and safety. And then that's it. I think it's health. I think it's health and safety because you would just watch it all in one go. Yes, and probably suffer from a lack of sleep. But yes, I think it would be worth it because the first episode that was a cracker. That was Agreed. very enjoyable. I quite enjoyed the fact that they didn't bother very much in the tent at all, and it was all just the, which is, I understand is what they're going to be doing is losing the tent even and just having the road trips. Sure. Um, and you watch it and you think, oh, this is just a perfect job, isn't it? Really. I mean, we we come pretty close. 
Not, um, not far off. Not I mean, far we off. are slightly lower budget. Only just. Yeah. Yeah, we're not going to blow up a helicopter or anything. I think just for the. Yeah. I mean, we could. I'm sure. Our business Andrew... rates bitly is probably bigger. Yes. Yeah, I think that's probably true because they live in a tent. Yes. Great idea. Um, I'm, I'm sure if Andrew digs deep, we'd better find a helicopter explosion. Uh, sort of, some sort of clip for you now. Right. So here we go. It's about to blow up a helicopter. Drama. Right. Good. Um, Just dusting myself off here. Yeah, I'm, it's amazed, I'm amazed that we, we managed to survive that. I think the only thing less terrifying than watching a helicopter blow up is perhaps seeing a, a Land Rover pulling out of a, a junction uh, in questionable sunlight. With an old chap at the wheel. Back to the Grand Tour then. Brilliant, I thought. Uh, absolutely, yeah. It was uh, enjoyable cars to drive and cars that there wasn't actually, I don't know, with muscle cars, there's, there's no point to them. But yes. that's the point to them, isn't it? They, they they don't do things as well as other cars, and they're mm. worse in a lot of areas, and there's things that they excel at, and really there's no reason for them to excel at, but they just are what they are, and they're, they're brilliant. I think the real problem is that when it comes to American cars, A, they don't all look alike, but they we don't really know much about them. And they had the Mustang, which we do know about, because we've had them in this country, we've both driven that. Yes. They had the Dodge Demon, which was my favourite, and the other one, which I have no idea what it was. The Exorcist. The Exorcist. The Hennessy. So that's a Chevy, but just tuned, isn't it? Hennessy being the, the the mentalists. Uh, Hennessy. Yes. The uh, no, but they're the the mentalists who who just strap ridiculously big engines into small cars and whatever else. They cut and shut an exige, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. It wasn't big enough to fit a V8 in, so they just made it bigger so the V8 would fit. I want one of those. I like their approach. There we go. We found the perfect solution to all of our problems today. You can take the roof and windscreen off one of those so it becomes less practical for Jim. Um, we can have a V8 so we've got the muscle car bit going on and I can have my Lotus. How does that sound? Spot on. Yeah. Ideal for wintry weather conditions. I do think we, we need to mention a little bit about the state of Detroit though. I mean, admittedly, Jeremy said it's better than it was last week because he didn't get mugged at gunpoint. Which is definitely not what you want when you go through any particular area. Um, but, wow, that, that is devastating. Is that what the Midlands is going to look like after Brexit? Uh, very quite possibly. Well, maybe even Oxford as well. Um, should, we, should we avoid inflammatory topics? Bearing in mind that you could buy however many houses it was, 250 houses for the price of a uh, Peugeot with a nosy gearbox. I think it's it's incredible, isn't it? Really, but it's it, it was just incredibly sad to see from being oh, the yes. what was it the the richest or the second richest yeah. city in America. Yeah, all of that. How how quickly it's it has collapsed. But I think it does show throughout Brexit and bits and pieces like that actually how yeah. how finely balanced certain things are, the and economy, actually yeah. lots of parts of the country could end up like that because of Brexit. Yeah, because of the way things are going, how reliant on they are with certain industries, mm. it really doesn't take a lot. But of course, if if you got all the money coming in, you know, if you win the lottery and and all of a sudden you've got ten million quid, twenty million, hundred million pounds, whatever it is in the bank, or you suddenly become a famous musician, actor, whatever it is, mm. and you've got all this money coming in, then you start spending money commensurate with your income, don't you? And then all of a sudden, when the money gets turned off. It doesn't take long at all to run out of money. So it, it does show how quickly it can happen. But. It's it's a fall from grace for an mm. entire city. And it's, you know, 
Motor City, you, you, it's it's glamour, isn't it? Really, mm. the whole of the whole of Detroit was glamour. It's a bit like Gotham. Because <laughs> what you expect, a sort of comparison between Detroit and Gotham, maybe that's what they base it on. I don't actually know the answer to that. I'll be honest, but you can see the sort of comparisons there, really. When it, admittedly, the centre of the city they see now is is buzzing. It's yeah, they're, modern. They're, it's yeah, doing bits and pieces with it, aren't they? But no, just the the outskirts, but the, the abandoned yeah. factories. You just think it's. It's such a shame that it hasn't been... Surely it could be used for something. Yeah, but retooling a factory... You know, change, in this country, changing a plant from making diesel engines to making batteries, you know, mm. you, you can't. It just doesn't doesn't happen instantly. You can't just go... Oh, no, it's, it's easier just to flog the land to a, a bunch of housing developers yeah. and and go and do something else. There is a recovery, and, and you know, although we always talk about the lighter things, actually... The, the motor industry, one way or the other, is going to change as a march. Definitely. The thing about muscle cars, really, the whole, in fact, the thing about the whole show, that particular show, it was just playful, a little bit stupid. And I've driven all the Mustangs. You know, there's bigger than Mondeo, which is too big for this road now, really. I've driven all the different engines and bits and pieces. And yes, there is something quite exciting about the noise. And you put your foot down the traffic lights and it makes everything shake and stuff. And that is good. But it's not the best car I've driven. Well, they're not cheap these days either, by real terms, compared to other stuff that you could buy that would leave it for dead through the twisties or possibly on the straights. If you look at the old muscle cars, you look at a Mark One Mustang, look at a Mustang Fastback. Beautiful car, iconic car. I'd love to own one of those. Not particularly quick, doesn't stop very well, doesn't handle very well. Controversial. No, it's, it's just part of the experience and what... Yeah, if it makes you feel good, then uh, then go for it. Why not, indeed? And as I think I was saying before, when it comes to to cars, for me, what I enjoy is getting some money, stuffing it via a petrol pump into a car, and it coming out as noise at the back. And actually, they are very good for that. And the noise of a V eight, and this is a topic for an, for another day. I think the noise of a V eight is amongst the finest of any car noise. And let's face it, they 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 do the either lazy V eights, which are pointlessly underpowered. Or these days, a 2.9 litre supercharger, mad, quite powerful V8s, which now have some power. There's, there's a bit of everything there, isn't it, for a petrol? But it's odd that they were smoking, quite literally smoking around in cars with, with what, seven, eight hundred brake horsepower? Do, Ridiculous. Do you, do you need that on the road? No. Yes. Can you use it all on the road? No. No, probably not. But yes, you need it. If you could buy a car with 800 brake horsepower, would you? Of course I would. Yes, of course you could. Yes. So, why not, indeed? Yeah. I mean, in- so, even if you don't use the full 800 horsepower on your daily commute, it's nice to know it's there. And the other thing is that, actually, that really power doesn't necessarily translate to fun. No, not at all. Uh, it's, we've said before that, actually, driving a, a, a you know, slow car fast can be far more exciting than driving a fast car slowly. Definitely. And if you're driving an 800 brake horsepower car on the road... Yes, it's exciting. There are definitely times you'd be able to give it, you know, the big one, the full beef Wellington, if you will, the full beans but, on toast. But for how long? Well, not very long at all. A second, two seconds. The, that. One of the most engaging cars I've owned, and still one of the most engaging cars I've driven, front wheel drive, the little Cooper S that I've got. And I know people have different, you know, different perceptions of, of Mini, especially the Binnies. And this is one of the original supercharged Binnies. But actually, it's got something stupid like 167 brake horsepower. 
it is so much fun to go out. It's got a six-speed get drag box. The clutch is heavy. It rattles its tits off every time you go anywhere. It's just cost me a fortune in servicing. But actually, on the right road, everything connects, and it is an absolute joy to drive. Now the the Audi's well double the power. It is, but this is just so much fun. If I was going to go out for a drive tomorrow, that's what I would take. Yeah, for sure. But again, the, the, the newer cars that you get with the the trick all-wheel drive systems or the quattro systems, whatever it's got on it, and uh, the latest tyre technology and things like that, how close can you get to the limit of that car on the no road? Nowhere near. No near. Near. Absolutely no th- near. This came to me when I was driving the Focus, and I was doing 70 miles an hour exactly. <laughs> Uh, and I thought this thing was capable of doing 167. So in percentage terms, well, you've got a calculator. Um, you know, you guys can work it out. It, it's you're not meeting, you know, half. Slightly of it. less than 50. Yeah. Off the top of my head. Yeah, slightly less than 50. And when you think you're you're realising 40 something percent of your car's potential, actually. And again, in the car, if it's not to 60 in two seconds, well, from a standing start, you're at the quickest speed you're allowed to drive anywhere in the UK in two and a half seconds. Yeah. Do you need that much? Well, it's great. Oh, I think you probably have to accelerate and stop. And accelerate and stop. <laughs> yeah, I think well, you you would do that a lot, wouldn't Yeah. So don't be disheartened if you don't have an 800 brake horsepower V8 muscle car at home. Actually, your Fiat Cinquecento is probably just as fun. And on that note, this might be the last time you hear from us because the royal family have hunted us down for treason or indeed any one of a number of terrible things might have happened to us between now and the next time that you hear from us which is probably about two weeks away so for our Valentine special we have no idea why this will be romantic at this time maybe we can talk about our love of cars oh. well, could we do car themed Valentine's gifts something like that car themed Valentine's gifts yes give our cars good sudding down well, no, I was more I was more thinking about a car themed gift to buy the loved ones in your life I'm, I'm loving the idea of this. Yeah, we'll have to have a think. We'll try for that. If you've got any suggestions, send them in. Yeah, definitely send them in. Don't, 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 to, don't the write listeners. to us. There we go. Yes. Anyway, it's been um, it's been lovely uh, talking at you uh, whilst you've been forced to listen to us. Actually, you haven't been forced to listen. You've got a choice. So obviously this was your choice and actually you should live or die by it. And we thank you for choosing us as your automotive podcaster of choice. Absolutely. Uh, it has been a pleasure, as always, and we will speak to you next time. Bye. Bye. UK Motor Talk, a first take media production.